and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Today, we're on with Melanie Borden, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Celebrity Motors. Welcome, Melanie. Hi, Lori. So you are, like I said in the intro, the VP of Marketing for Celebrity Motors. Tell me a little bit about what led you to your current position. So this is actually a really great story. I was working as a vendor to Celebrity Motor Cars. And just to give your Mm -hmm. listeners some background, Celebrity Motor Cars has six dealerships, five brands. So we have a Lexus Route 10, BMW of Springfield, Mercedes-Benz of Golden's Bridge, Maserati of Morris County, Maserati of Bergen County, and Alfa Romeo of Morris County. Okay. And I had a pre-existing relationship with the Lexus of Route 10 dealership, and I happened to meet the owner, Tom Maoli, when I was working for a different tech company, and we built a relationship, and he asked me mm-hmm. to come work for him. Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. What a, what a flattering you know, thing for them to take you from to think you've done such a great job that they want to offer you a job. Yeah, I really have always wanted to have more retail background versus working for a vendor. I wanted to learn more, and that's really what led me to the position, and I love it. I mean, I absolutely, I love working for Tom Mealy and Gary Gabriel, who's our COO, and, Mm -hmm. um, and Tom's our CEO, and it's just, it's just been a great experience for me. Well, you and I met actually over social media while you were at Celebrity. Yes. Um, yes. And did you, did you begin social media once you became the VP of Marketing for Celebrity, or were you doing that in your previous positions as well, or has that been a new thing for you? So being active on social has been fairly new to me. I love to tell mm-hmm. this story because in December of this past year, so in 2019, I was on vacation, and I was just reflecting on the past year. And I was thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, just where I've come, where I was, and where I wanted to go, and how I wanted to go about doing it. And in my role within the company, I don't interface with the sales teams as much as I would have liked to. So okay. I interface with the management. Um, each month we talk about the goals for the stores, and we reflect that in all the marketing strategy and the advertising but ultimately, I, I wanted to be more involved with the sales team, and I started thinking about how I could go about doing this, and I thought, well, I meet all these people all the time who are experts. They always talk about social media and what other people in the industry are doing with social and how amazing that is, and they drive awareness for the dealerships they work for. They also drive awareness for themselves, and in the process, they also are helping others, like myself. So I thought, why don't I come up with some sort of a training curriculum for all the sales team on how to market themselves and how to brand themselves on social media? So I came up with an entire training curriculum. But then what I started seeing was I wasn't as active as I had really wanted to be. So that saying... You know, you know that saying, like, do as I say and as I do? Right. <laughs> yeah. or, 
I really wanted to lead by example. So I made a conscious decision. I made a plan and I decided that I wanted to create my own brand specifically on LinkedIn because it is a professional social network. I wanted to create a social plan for myself and execute on it. And that's really how I got started. Well, you've done a tremendous job. I mean, LinkedIn, again, like I said, was how you and I met. So what would you recommend for companies who are maybe have been kind of dabbling in social media or do a little bit of it but want to really extend their reach? What would you say they can do today to really kind of get started on the path of a social media presence? Well, it's so funny because I I picture myself in the dealership shoes because in my role, I'm interfacing with vendors all the time. And I'm interfacing with different companies that provide services like organic social media and so on and so forth. And my personal opinion is you can't just start posting on social. You need to have specific goals that you want to achieve Mm -hmm. in order to be successful with social media and to go to market. So you need to determine what your goal is. So from a business perspective, are you focusing on your dealership's brand, right? Are you focusing on your reputation? Um, Are you trying to build community? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you want to increase sales? Do you want to drive leads? Are you focusing on more of crisis communications like we've all been kind of experiencing as of late? Right. Um, Are you communicating with your employees through social? So there are definitely some specific goals that you can be smart about setting as a business before you decide to go out and market yourself on social. And it's the same thing yeah, for I an individual that. too. No, I love that. I was just going to say I'm, I'm a huge believer in like goals. You and I have talked about this a little bit, but like just I have this daily goal journal that I've, been, I've kept mm-hmm. forever. And so I think that's such great advice both for a business and individual and kind of Uh, goes into my next question, which is, you know, I know you and I have talked about your commitment to hire younger females, bring them on as interns, and then like continue on and bring them into the dealership world if if that's what they want to do. So what's your best piece of advice for younger women that are just coming into the workforce, and especially right now, because we're at a very difficult time in history for folks to go out and get jobs? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's it ties into what we were just talking about with a plan with social media. So now what's happening with different HR companies and recruiters and owners of businesses is they're doing research on anyone who comes to work for them. They're looking them up, they're Googling them, or they're hiring a professional outside company to do the work. So right. I, I basically have two tips for someone who would be coming into the workforce Um, as a young woman, one would be be extremely cognizant of how you portray yourself on social media. Yes. Everything stays on the Internet. You can't really control it. So, for example, um, I know someone who went into the marijuana industry, and that person invited other people from professional industries who they were friends with to join them in a fun-filled weekend in Southern California, um, tasting the fruits of their labor. Okay. And from a corporate perspective, 
it's not something that you want to necessarily be promoting on social media. Right. Now, if you happen to work in that specific industry, that's fine. But if you're looking to be taken seriously at a corporate level, I think that you, it's a bad idea. Right. Absolutely. And this, this is such an important topic. And I feel like, you know, I'm probably one generation above you. So we didn't have this. When I was coming through school, we didn't have, like Facebook was just coming out when I, you know, we didn't have these things that keep it online forever. And so I do think like, I, I almost feel bad for the younger generation that's coming into the workforce now, because unless someone's really told them these things, um, they may not realize because we're just all living, living so digitally now that I think right. sometimes the things you're posting to social, especially on personal pages on like Instagram or, you know, you're not realizing that those will be looked at from an employer's perspective. Exactly, unless it's private and then they don't have the access. But a lot of times a company might say, can I have access to see right. it? And a lot of companies now have social media waivers where you have to be extremely careful, even on your personal Facebook, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, with the messaging that you're putting out when it comes to talking about politics, um, pop culture, yes. things that are going on. And although that might tie into your profession, you still have to be very careful with what you're putting out there. So that would be something I would recommend strongly is to do like a cleanse of your social like an audit. before, yep. yeah, of your own personal social before you start applying to jobs or before you start, you know, going into the workplace. Uh, the other yeah. piece that everyone needs is a mentor. When I worked for a public company, they had a mentor program and they just assigned someone to you. Oh, and that, that so person awesome. was your mentor. And it definitely is awesome. And it was so helpful. And this woman had already been working in the car business, and she was very smart, and we're still connected today. However, it wasn't someone that I had a personal connection to. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if you know other women that are in the car business or in any business, for example, that you can talk to, that you can get advice from, that you can run things over with them, I think that is a a really great way to just build yourself and to create more confidence within yourself when you have someone like that. I have someone like that. I still do. And yes. it's really important to get someone else's perspective who has more experience and has done it for longer than you have. Absolutely. Like I love the idea of mentors. Same as you, I still have my first mentors in my life still today. I mean, we've known each other over 20 years now, and she still gives me advice for things that are happening. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, and I think that is really a missing piece in a lot of the organizations. Uh, when a lot of people talk to me about, like, how they can further females in their business, and it doesn't just have to be automotive in mm -hmm. any industry, I really think female leaders are some type of mentorship program is such an important piece, and it's missing in a lot of organizations. Definitely. Pre-COVID, I started working with all the sales team, as I mentioned to you earlier, and we were working on social media and strategy and how to brand yeah. yourself. And so I developed an internal female networking group within the company I work for because there are so many women that are in F&I and sales and other parts of customer-facing service, et cetera. But yeah. I created a celebrity women in sales networking group. 
and we were supposed to get together right before the whole COVID situation happened. <laughs> but it's, that became a Zoom call, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> you know, it's so complicated right now, but it's one of those things where there are so many women that work in our industry, and it's become almost a competition in a certain way when a new woman comes in and that's through my perception anyway I believe that there's more competition than camaraderie when it comes to other women working in the car business and I definitely believe that it's just they don't know each other and they don't know their background they don't know absolutely and I think if you give people that opportunity to get together and learn about one another on a more personal level, then you see so much more um, engagement and cooperation. I mean, there's just so many pluses that come from that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've met so many women in the last couple of years that I've worked for celebrity. And I really, I worked with a ton of women previous that were in the field working with dealers, but not as many that I would interact with at the dealership level was mostly men that I would deal with. And so right. seeing different women in management positions is really exciting because a lot of women are super knowledgeable in this business and they deserve to be in those yeah. management positions. I completely agree. And one of the other things you and I have talked a lot about offline and we both feel very strongly about is bringing the passion. I know for you, you've said like, if someone can bring in passion to their job, like you can teach them the job, but the passion piece is the part that's really if someone doesn't have it, it's, you can't really teach it. It's something that need, they no. need to come in with. So can you Absolutely. talk a little more about like passion and, and why you see that driving younger women and why it drives you and why it's so important? One of the things I believe that fuels passion is confidence. Mm-hmm. I believe if you're confident with who you are and it ties into having a mentor, it ties into having relationships that are positive in your life, I believe that you you cannot teach passion. It's something that, and it, it, whether you're in the car business, whether you work as an artist or you work in real estate or you work in the beauty industry, if you love what you do and you feel good about it and you're confident in what you do, it shows through and yes. it makes working so much fun because you love what you're doing. So I've experienced both sides of that personally, professionally. um, I've seen it. And I always compare people that lack passion to that cartoon, the peanuts with the guy with the cloud that follows him around. Right. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Pigpen, right? Is it Pigpen? Yes. I think so. so. There's always like a cloud and it's like raining on top of his head. I don't yeah. think he showers or bathes either. But <laughs> when you're with people well, and you that know, are excited. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say, you know when you meet people, like there's a vibration that comes off of everyone. So yeah. I think even if you don't, I, I think a lot of people feel the passion even before they've started talking to the person. I mean, I just think it's that strong of a pull if you have it. Um, And I think, like you said, so much of that comes from being in a place in your life where you have confidence and you enjoy what you're doing and you want to share it with others. There's so much that goes into being passionate. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. 
Well, let's talk about something I'm sure you're super passionate about, which is you're a mom of two, and you are balancing your career with motherhood, which as we know, as we all know, during the last several months has been extra challenging because now we're also teachers on top of being moms and business women. So what advice can you give or do you have any hacks? What, What would you say to women who are trying to balance all this out? How are you doing it and what would be kind of your piece of advice for that? As moms, we always feel this sense of guilt whenever we do things for ourselves. That's not for yes. our children. <laughs> yes, From the time I, I went back to work, even through now, there's definitely right. moments where if I can get out for a run or if I can go get a pedicure or get my hair done, there's still that little sense of guilt like I should be doing something for my children and not for myself. But right. I know how to recognize when I'm doing too much And I take care of myself because if I am not happy, if I do not feel good, if I feel overwhelmed, I know that it will affect my children. And the reality is, is that if you're a happy mom, if you're taking care of yourself, you can take care of your family better. And my number one thing is be selfish. You have to be selfish. You have to put yourself first. Although our children obviously are number one in our lives. We have to be strong-minded and yeah. feel confident and secure in ourselves as moms. Well, and I think so much of that, too, then goes down into these little ones as they're watching us do that, and they will then take care of themselves when they get older. I, I think there's so many lessons that they can learn, even outside of business, taking business aside for a moment. Just this idea, like you said, of taking care of yourself and ensuring that what yeah. you need is what you're giving yourself, they will then see that and do that when they're older, which I think is so Absolutely. important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think I that everyone's going to have mom guilt. Oh, totally. I, and getting back guilt. to the mom guilt, it's, it's crazy. It's rampant among every woman I know. Not even, I was going to say every um, female professional, but honestly, every female that I know who has yes. children. And I, but there are times, like I feel like in the last couple months, my kids have both said something to me individually that they've said, oh, when I get older, I want to own a business just like you. Or when I get yeah. older, I really want to be able to take care of my time on my own schedule just like you. And so I think the, one of the ways to kind of balance out that mom guilt is realize that they are really watching and learning very cool things that are going to help them as they get older. Absolutely. And, and honestly, Lori, that ties back into the being cognizant of what you put on social media. Because one yes. day, who knows what it will evolve to, and then your children will see it. <laughs> All right. And let's go, you know what? Maybe every single decision should be like, what if my child said that? <laughs> I just like to say, what would my grandma do? <laughs> yeah, there you go. It needs to be like, what is it? WWGT. Just think of that all the time. What would my grandma do? That's right. (laughs) Well, I have to wrap this up, but I do want to end with one really important question I always ask. Um, I'm just so impressed with the women on the show and the women we both know. Is there any kind of um, goal or habit that you do on a daily or weekly basis that keeps you accountable? Absolutely. I wake up every day between 5 and 5.30 a.m. Wow. That is impressive. It's not easy. (laughs) No, I'm the one who's like slurping coffee to like 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
there's definitely days I don't want to wake up at 5 a.m., but I find with having two kids at home that there is also time that I need to take for myself. And if that means it's before they rise, I'm able to think about my day, think about my week, make a plan for what I have to do. Yep. I'm trying to meditate more, although it's very difficult for me to sit still. Um, I also like to <laughs> exercise. The most. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. Um, I yeah, also the harder it is to sit still and, and uh, empty your mind, that means you need it more. <laughs> exactly. But just, well, I, I do, was just like you, you I keep a journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry. I was impressed with you before, <laughs> but now that I know you're getting up at 5 a.m. and meditating and journaling, girl, that's like I'm impressed even more. <laughs> I think the journaling, I actually just did a post yesterday on LinkedIn about this. I write everything down. If there is something that I want, I write it down, and I talk about it with those who are yes. closest to me, whether it's professional, whether it's work. And I set goals. And you and I are both on the same wavelength like that because we had yes. talked about it um, a couple yep. weeks ago about writing things down and making goals and bettering yourself. And that is one of the ways that I definitely find help me kind of organize my thoughts, my mind, and stay positive. Yes. Well, and there's something about saying, like, words have power. So there's something about writing it down or saying it out loud. And from my understanding, you're supposed to say it as if it has already occurred, right? Because then your mind exactly. takes with it that this, is, this has happened, even if it's a goal. And there's just so much power in knowing where you want to go, like you said, journaling and writing down goals, and then taking small steps to get there each day. I just think there's such Absolutely. power in that. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people think if you just think things that they're just going to manifest and it's just going to happen. Right. I'm going to have the yacht <laughs> with the cars and right. the house. But you have to work to achieve those goals. So you set the goals, you write them down as if you have them, and then you put in the work and they come together. I love to use this example. Of in 2014, right after I had my daughter, I wrote down that I was the marketing director of an auto group. Wow. And in 2017 is when I developed the relationship with our CEO at Celebrity Motor Cars. So I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer that it works. And there are many other stories like that I have, but I do believe that when you write things down, you wake up early, you exercise, you keep your mind busy and clear at the same time, if that's possible for everybody. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are a shining example of how well that works. Um, I just thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing the things you've shared. Thank you so much. Yeah, like I said, you're just a superstar. You know that I how much I love you, but I'll tell all my listeners how much I love you too. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you.